Mari, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, so I am a rising senior in Morse College. I'm studying uh, political science and Russian at Yale, and I am a member of the women's rugby team. Wow. Wow. Thanks for being here, Mari. Um, I am joined, or we are joined this, this morning by our, our co-host, uh, who will also be answering questions uh, that Mari has for us, uh, Assistant Chief Anthony Campbell of the Yale Police Department. Good morning, Mari. It's great to have you. Good morning, Chief. It's great to be here. Good morning, Chief. So, Mari, we understand that there are some questions that students often have, and uh, Chief Campbell and I are here, and we want to be responsive to those questions. So, uh, fire away. Yeah, okay. So, I guess the first thing would be is, uh, what do you two, as like members of the public safety team, think is the most important thing uh, that students should know about keeping safe on campus? You know, Mara, I'll, I'll take that first one. Um, I think one of the most important things uh, to know about keeping safe on campus is that there are a number of layers of protection. A lot of times you think about safety on campus and you automatically think police. Here at Yale, the great thing is that you have multi layers of protection. Uh, the police are part of that, but you also have security, which falls under the public safety umbrella, and you have a lot of the support services such as cameras and others, um, and, and technology that is a part of it. And I think that one of the greatest tools that students have um, as a resource for keeping safe on campus is the Live Safe app. Um, the LiveSafe app is a tool that gets downloaded to your phone. It helps with us being able to identify where you are if you have the uh, GPS part of it activated. It puts you in direct communication with Yale Dispatch, um, which will triage the type of service you may need, whether it is a police emergency, a medical emergency, a fire emergency. It also has resources which will let you track where the shuttle buses are. Um, if you need to take a shuttle anywhere on campus, uh, you don't have to stand outside and wait for the shuttle in the inclement weather or put yourself in a position uh, where you could be approached by someone. You could stay inside until the shuttle bus comes out. It also allows you to request from security a what's called a safe walk. Um, you can request that security will come and walk you anywhere on campus um, 24 hours a day. Uh, you can request help if you get locked out of your room, and that happens about 10,000 times a year at least, um, for security to come and open your room door for you. And additionally, it provides services um, even if you're not necessarily on campus. It, can access your contacts and you can have someone that you trust watch you walk from point A to B. Um, and if you don't make it to that location in a certain amount of time, it notifies them so that they can check in with you and call uh, for assistance if you need that. So it is a great tool. I think it, it brings about a lot of situational awareness for individuals and allows you direct contact with, with uh, all of the resources that are available on campus. So that I would say that's one of the most important tools and things you need to know about staying safe on campus. Okay, um, 
So I, I have a clarifying question because you did touch on it a little bit, sure. and I know that I've seen uh, people running around in different uniforms on campus. Yes. What exactly is the difference between police and security in like their mission or in what they do? Great question. I'm really glad you asked that because there have been some significant changes. So as part of the umbrella of public safety, you have the police department, which is 93 members. Those are sworn certified police officers. Police officers in the traditional uniform, very similar to the one that I'm wearing. We have badges, we have the power of arrest, and we have weapons. Security wears a different uniform. Before the pandemic, they were in a uniform that was more like a green, yellow, bright yellow. Um, they did have badges, but they were unarmed. Um, they are not sworn. They have no power of arrest. They cannot do anything physical with people. Um, and their uniforms have changed recently. Uh, the uniforms now are more uh, the black and white. Uh, the badge that they used to have has been removed so that there wouldn't be any confusion because uh, many people used to think that they were police officers um, and they are not. Um, the uniform is now black and white. It has their full name on it, uh, first and last name, and it says Yale Public Safety on it. So security's role is to be highly visible, to be eyes and ears for the community, to do escorts that I talked about in Live Safe, and to provide information um, to provide information to members of the campus as to directions, things they need. You'll also see them at key locations such as at the entrances to many of the buildings at the med school, uh, Science Park area, the law school and other areas. Um, so that's the main difference. Okay, and expanding on that a little bit because I, as of last year and this coming year, I'm also uh, living off campus um, and I don't I'm not sure if like the live safe or if uh, like the security team like extends that far like I know I haven't seen any security people on my like apartment block ever um, so what do you think that students like me who live off campus need to know about staying safe on campus versus staying safe uh, in like the greater New Haven that so I'll, I'll take that take one that, yeah. I, 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 I think that I think that I think you really you raise a really good point, Mari. And so, um, first and foremost, the Yale Police Department um, we have what's called a defined patrol area. Um, the Yale Police Department do not patrol all over the city of New Haven in New Haven neighborhoods. We have a very uh, very defined patrol area, uh, and members of the community or anyone for that matter can access uh, a map to our defined patrol area. Uh, on our website, um, it really, if if you think about it, if just to give a, give you a frame of reference, if you look at the the map of Yale University and, and a couple of maybe two or three blocks beyond, that that is our defined patrol area. But Yale is a big place, so we have a a pretty pretty uh, sizable footprint. And now our security officers also uh, work within uh, a defined patrol area as well. They do not um, patrol or stand posts in neighborhoods throughout the city. They don't, okay? However, you can, you can, ask, you can call and ask for an escort um, anywhere on campus, and many members who live close to campus will get you as close to, you, to your apartment where you live as possible without going outside of our defined patrol area. But it also 
brings up something that you 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 raised as well staying safe on campus versus off campus i think one of the most important things that i want members uh to know is that there are people and systems uh that are working 24 hours a day 365 days a year um to provide a, a safe campus for members to uh, work live and study as well as in this city there are there are public safety professionals who we all know, who we work with extremely closely uh, to ensure the safety of members of this entire uh, community. And when I say this entire community, I'm talking about all of New Haven. We support the New Haven police uh, in their endeavors. We have overlapping patrols within our defined uh, patrol area here at Yale University, okay? And we also support the New Haven police in, in many other ways as well. So uh, I think the takeaway is that both at Yale and in the city of New Haven, there are dedicated professionals who are looking at, at crime. They are looking at crime trends. They are being innovative about how to keep uh, the city and, and city members safe as well as the university community. There are partnerships both on campus and off campus with community members that also lend to the safety of our community. This is, you know, New, New Haven, is a is a small city in between New York and Boston, but I, I would argue on any given day that many of the innovative practices that um, members of uh, are uh, you know people are seeing elsewhere now have been in place in New Haven for many many years. Members of the New Haven community understand what community policing is. They want community policing. They don't want to be policed, they want to police, they want to work with the police uh, in keeping their community safe. So these are all things that I think are important. Uh, they don't want policing to be done to them, rather. They want to, you know, they want to work with the police. So these are things that are all important for, for members to understand. Um, we are uh, a small city, but we're, we're a city, and it's important that we all look out for one another. And we, that's why we work closely with the New Haven Police and all of the other, the fire department, the Office of Emergency Management, we all partner together. So people should know that there's a lot of people, a lot of systems working on their behalf. Okay, and um, so related to that, that you just touched on, um, so what is your understanding or like what would you say to those students that come to the university with like serious uh, like legitimate concerns about the police like based on their experience or like what they've uh, heard in the news um, and about being policed you know students students don't come to campus and all of a sudden because they're on a college campus um, not see not experience and not feel what the rest of this country is see, seeing feeling and experiencing members uh, people come to this campus with experiences either direct or indirect and they as a, as a result of that have an opinion uh, about the police here's what I want here's what I want uh, students to know I want students to know that um, the Yale Police Department um, is a progressive police department and understands and, and believes in a rightful policing um, we are not uh, a department that is sitting on the sidelines hoping that things will quiet down and, 
and we can get back to normal. Absolutely not. What's happened over the last year has changed this country and, and, and should change policing. And we have worked really, really hard to, to reflect on how we can improve services here at Yale University. The one thing that I can share with you, and I'll share a few, but the one thing I want to share with you is we're, we're not we're, we're, we're trying not to use police um, for non-police related matters. So what do I mean by that? Uh, over, over time, and this is not just at Yale, but in higher education in general, um, the police were called for everything, mainly because the police were on campus 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So when decisions were made about who's going to handle this or that, well, call the police, they're here. So we became everything to everyone on campus. Um, Students don't necessarily want the police knocking on their door because their 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 neighbor uh, complained about loud music. Is that a police-related matter? No. Okay, so we're 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 removing police officers from situations like that where there's 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 no no crime committed or no nothing criminal about it. It's just it's a dispute between two neighbors. We're all, so we're we're thinking about really closely about how we can utilize the existing public safety enterprise here at Yale, police, security, security systems, and the Office of Emergency Management to uh, apply the appropriate public safety resource to the public safety need. Okay, um, so we're very thoughtful and judicious about how we're using our resources. Uh, another thing that we're doing is we're, 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 we're listening. As, as, you, as you just said, students are coming to campus, many with a lot of thoughts, some with some uncertainty about the police. It is important that we listen to all voices, even those that are most critical of the police, because that's when not only do we learn, but we can understand what the needs of our community are. For instance, the example that Chief Campbell brought up earlier, about the, the change in the uniforms for Yale security officers. We, on the one hand, many years ago when, when crime was high, we wanted to have a, a sense of omnipresence. So we had our, our security officers in this lime green, highly visible uniform. We didn't realize that over time, members that were people that were coming to campus um, didn't have the context and they looked to their left and they looked to their right and they thought the police were everywhere. They felt like they were being over-policed even though the people they, they were looking at weren't police officers. So we needed to respond to that. So we took away the badge. The, the security officers no longer wear a badge. It's just public safety and their first and last name is on their shirt because we want community members to know that these are folks that are not only are a part of the community but they're there to be helpful to them. So, and, and, and lastly, I'll say that, you know, as we're talking about this right now, um, it's important that we constantly evolve. We are committed to continuous improvement. We are not just sitting back saying, okay, we, we've changed a couple of policies, so we're all set. No, we are constantly reflecting and hearing from our community members, thinking about how we can improve the level of service, how we can um, how we can draft policy that is sensitive to you know um, popula certain populations and how we can also um, learn from the other best practices that are taking place elsewhere 
on campuses in America, in our cities in America. So we, we are a learning organization. Um, we are here for our community, but we're not perfect, but I, I'll have to say we, we work darn hard to, uh, to, to serve this community. Thank you. And um, so another question that I have, since you were talking about uh, the difference between like Yale security and Yale police and how police um, are like different in their powers than security and that they're armed, could you explain why uh, it's necessary to have armed police on a college sure. campus? Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, <clears throat> go ahead, there, Anthony. There's... So the difference between police and security is police are sworn and trained differently. Police officers are certified through the police officer standards and training, which is out of merit. And they are the people who give the authority to all police officers in this state to have the power of arrest, to be able to carry a badge and a gun. Um, and police officers are the only members of our society in this country who get to carry a weapon and get to, when necessary, seize a person's constitutional rights. So police officers can use force. Uh, that force can be their very presence in that uniform up to and including deadly force. And that is why they carry guns. It is necessary for a police officer to carry a gun. And even in this campus setting, many people don't know that Yale University Police Department is the oldest campus police department in this country. And it was started by two New Haven police officers who were assigned to the campus because of some mischief that was going on at the Yale Medical School where some of the students were digging up cadavers to do experiments on them for their studies. Well, lo and behold, you fast forward 126 years, you have a full-fledged uh, police department which covers everything from officers in patrol who respond to calls criminal activity, larcenies, burglaries, etc., all the way up to more serious matters such as robberies, burglaries, and in some instances in this campus's history, homicides and, and serious offenses. So the New Haven, all officers in the Yale Police Department wear New Haven Police Department badges. That goes back to the history of how this department formed. And they have the same powers of arrest as Chief Higgins spoke about earlier, even though they have the same power of arrest throughout the entire state of Connecticut, they operate within the defined parameters or defined boundaries of the university. And they are trained in the same fashion as all police officers in the state are, but they also get additional training, training in de-escalation, training in crisis intervention, normal police departments, and I could speak from a place of authority on this because prior to being an assistant chief here, I was the chief of police for the city of New Haven. And I can tell you as the chief of police for the city of New Haven, I had roughly 400 men and women assigned to police the entire city of New Haven, all 120, 130,000 residents. And at the time, I didn't have enough police officers to cover the city. We were always burning through overtime. Officers wind up going call to call. I can tell you right now, the city of New Haven really has a significant shortage of its officers. But even despite that, the type of training and the type of assignments that officers on campus have to deal with is a little bit different. But they have to be prepared for any eventuality. 
unfortunately in this country, um, which you're probably more aware of than someone my age is, you know, shootings happen on campus. Uh, serious crimes happen on campus. And to stop an active aggressor or an active shooter, we have to be armed and ready for any eventuality. Um, we have to have the ability to take someone into custody, someone who may have a weapon, someone who may have intentions to harm an officer or a member of the community. And having a weapon allows us to be able to do that. So that is mainly why officers carry weapons, because they're fully-fledged police officers. They're required to carry a weapon as a fully-fledged police officer. But we also have to be ready to respond to any eventuality which may come upon a member of this community. I, you know, I, I think what Anthony said is, is really important. I just want to advance a couple of points. Um, um, police officers um, are, are, are armed, um, or they're not police officers. And, and Yale University has a range of services available uh, within the public safety division. And that, and that that goes from having a, a small core group of armed officers to a much larger group of unarmed security officers. There's many more unarmed security officers on this campus than there are police officers um, to another uh, cadre of professionals that manage our public safety systems. Okay, the access control here, the, 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 the camera systems, uh, much of the lighting, all of the alarms. This is a, a, a research institution. There's so many things that go on here, so many things that are done here. Um, security systems at, here at Yale, it's a big deal. Okay, so we have so many more people that are a part of the public safety enterprise here um, than, you know, that it's just, there's 93 police officers, but out of that, out of that, uh, probably 300. Uh, members of public safety, it's it's really a small core group that, as Chief Campbell said, uh, are prepared for any eventuality, especially um, trained for the nuances uh, and the specialties of, of, a, of a campus environment. And I have a, a question about what you just said, Chief Higgins. Um, mm -hmm. So besides uh, what uh, Chief Campbell said about like not overstretching like the already limited manpower of the New Haven Police Department. Are there any like special needs or like reasons why there's like a distinct Yale Police Department as opposed to not just being a part of the New Haven Police Department? Absolutely. You know, um, I, I think in answering that question, I want to I want to go back to. I want to go back in, in history. So the, even though the Yale University Police Department is the oldest campus police department, campus police departments um, really didn't begin to, to grow in numbers in, until after the, uh, the, the 60s or right around the 60s. Um, on college campuses, there were demonstrations and protests and all sorts of activism as a result of the war and, and you know, matters regarding policing on, on college campuses. And as a result, municipal police departments were dispatched to college campuses um, to police. And it didn't go very well. The municipal police departments weren't in tune of the needs of a campus population, students between the ages of 18 and 21, 
or the needs of, of an institution. So um, it was it was thought, and I and I believe in this, that campuses needed their own specialized uh, police department, so that were trained in higher education, public safety, and and, and all that goes with it, versus. A, a municipal police department that is really the police department for the entire city. The distinction between a Yale police officer and a New Haven police officer is that when a Yale police officer is communicating with a student, a faculty member, a staff member, or anyone in the Yale community, and they're talking about, um, you know, what department they're in or, or what have you, something something uh, specific to their uh, affiliation with Yale, that that they understand what they're talking about versus someone who's coming from one side of the city to Morris College who knows nothing about Morris College, can't even get into Morris College, and doesn't even know which entryway. And heaven forbid in an emergency, they would know nothing about uh, a complex campus like Yale University. So um, that's a really good question, but we can't expect the city of New Haven or college campuses in the United States can't expect their host city to provide policing services for their campus or their campus population. It, it, it works best when we work collaboratively, and that's what we do here in New Haven, work very collaboratively. Uh, with the and Yale just Haven to touch a little bit on what the chief was saying, um, the Yale University is a city itself within the city of New Haven. And so just as Towns next door to us, West Haven, East Haven, and others have their own police departments. Um, they have those police departments because those police departments know the geography. They know the community, and they're expected to be able to respond to that community in an appropriate way and provide services to that community. For the city of New Haven to have a city within a city where the officers, as the chief pointed out, do not know the geography, do not know the demographics because the demographics within this city are far more diverse than the city of New Haven itself. You have people coming from across the world to attend Yale University, and that brings with it some pretty specific challenges, language challenges, cultural challenges, people who are coming from communities where the police serve a different purpose than they do here in the United States. Some communities where the police really don't exist in the same way they do here. And we have to take all of that into account when we are training and responding to members of this community. And to expect a municipal police department to be able to respond to an additional 20 plus thousand people, a city within a city, and provide the services that are needed within this campus is really unfair to that to that community. There are there are a number of specialized types of police departments in the United States. If you go to different airports, you'll see the airport police. If you, um, I, I, I was uh, close friends with uh, someone who was worked for a forest police. Um, when you go to different um, places, there's there's different types of special police for that that population that they're serving. So that, that's a really good question, but it's a question that we hear often. And as Chief Campbell put it, um, it you know, that, that would, it's really 
really not something that's ever seen uh, in the United States. And those that have done it are have gotten away from it and have created or developed their own public safety systems uh, to include an, a small core of armed police officers. Okay, um, so my, my last question that I have here is you were talking a bit about how like the Yale uh, police communicate with students. So how would, well, how should students expect the situation to go uh, like the other way around? So like if there is a problem, um, who should students like expect to communicate with? Uh, like who should we call and how should we expect that the public safety that's, team That's is a great question. You know, in the past, um, as the chief pointed out, the police on this campus and many campuses became the end all be all. There's a problem, call the police. A student is not feeling well, call the police. Um, there's a noise complaint, call the police. Well, now we have now what is called a differential response, meaning that you're gonna get the appropriate resource for the type of situation that you're dealing with. Now, the one thing I do wanna say is, if a student, no matter where you are, on campus, off campus, if there is an emergency, and by emergency I mean you know, an act of violence is going on. Someone is trying to break into your room. Someone is following you, accosting you. A crime is occurring. You pick up the phone and you dial 911. That call will be routed over to the New Haven PSAP, Public Safety Answering Point. They're gonna ask you where you are, what the situation is. And when you identify that you are a Yale student and you are on campus, they will transfer that call over to the Yale Dispatch. Yale Dispatch will answer the phone. In the past, they used to say Yale Dispatch, Yale Police Department. Now they'll say Yale Dispatch. Is this a police, fire, or medical emergency? Based on the information that you provide them, they will then give the appropriate response. If you call and you say, oh, my roommate is sick, they're vomiting, um, they fell and hit their head, um, they're conscious and breathing, they will dispatch the appropriate resource. That's a medical emergency. They will dispatch uh, EMTs, and they will also contact security who are required to open the doors to, the, to the, the campus, to the college, so that the EMTs can get to the room and provide the medical services. Um, if there's a fire, they will send the fire authorities. And if there is a crime, then they will send law enforcement. So now, instead of law enforcement being dispatched to everything, you will get the appropriate response. So you can expect to, in many instances, to have security re respond with EMTs to open up doors, noise complaints, security is handling those um, um, to respond to that. And if there is a crime that is in progress or that has occurred, then you can expect to have um, law enforcement respond to that. So it's all about the appropriate type of resource for the situation. That's what you can expect. Okay, thank you. I, um, I thank those you for are all coming the questions on and that I have. Not only asking the questions, um, but really, you know, this is how we get better. Uh, not only answering these types of questions, but understanding your point of view, the lens through which you're seeing the world and experiencing the world, we need to know that. This is how we get better. This is helps us to sharpen our skills to be better leaders, 
um, and to understand the ways in which we can better serve you. So thank you for coming and, and sharing with us today and asking these questions. You know, Mari, be before we close, I also want to let you know that um, something else students can expect uh, in addition to uh, a differential response where we're assigning the appropriate resource to the public safety need is that the Yale Police Department has a sensitive crimes and support unit that is headed by a sergeant, Sergeant Christina Reach. Um, our sensitive crimes and support unit is dedicated to assisting victims of and investigating cases of sexual violence, sexual misconduct, including stalking, intimate partner violence, and harassment. Um, our sensitive crimes supervisor serves as a liaison between victims of these crimes, the Yale Police Department, many times the New Haven Police Department, or the appropriate campus offices. The, our sensitive crimes and support liaison, Sergeant Reach, also works very closely with the Sexual Harassment and Assault Response and Education Center, often known as the SHARE Center, um, in, Title, in Title IX coordinators here on campus. So we, we, are, we, are, we started this unit probably 11 years ago when I became the chief to be more responsive to uh, you know, sensitive crimes. And I have to say that we're, we're really happy about how, it's, how we're, we're interfacing with the appropriate offices on campus. And I think if you talk to members on campus that, or some of the folks in these offices on campus, they'll share with you that um, there's a very professional response. So it's important that students know that we take sensitive crimes very, very seriously here at Yale University and more specifically within Yale Public Safety. And, and to the Chief's point, one thing I wanted to share with you too, Mari, is that um, part of our differential response hasn't just been whether or not the police are going to respond or whether security is going to respond or whether it's going to be a medical emergency or fire emergency. We've even um, refined it even more so within the police department. As you know, in this country, uh, many people suffer from mental illness and many people can have a crisis at any time. Being at an Ivy League university, many of the students um, are put under a lot of pressure and things happen at home, things happen on campus, and students can find themselves in a crisis situation. Um, as I told you before, I was the former chief of the city of New Haven, and from a standard standpoint, um, there's something called crisis intervention training. CIT. And what that means is that your officers receive above and beyond their normal training, specific training and crisis intervention. The standard is to have about 20 to 30 percent of your entire department trained in crisis intervention so that if they're responding to a person who's having a mental breakdown, a crisis of sorts, they have special training to be able to deal with that individual. I'm very proud to say that at Yale University Police Department, 100% of the officers are trained in crisis intervention. So in addition to all of the officers being trained in crisis intervention, over the last semester, what the, under the chief's direction, what we did was we launched a pilot program because we come to understand that not only are people coming from around the world to attend this university, there are some people from right here in this country who may interact with police 
are bringing their experiences with police, and sometimes those experiences have been negative. So this uniform doesn't represent the same thing to everyone, and we understand that, particularly people who've been marginalized throughout a society, people of color, black and brown people. So knowing that, knowing that this uniform may trigger a negative response, and that's the last thing you want to do when someone is in a crisis, what we did was launch a pilot program so that we could have officers who were in plain clothes, crisis intervention trained officers respond to a student who is having a crisis. So rather than having a uniformed officer respond, a plainclothes officer responds to assist that individual who may be in crisis, who may have posted something saying that they're going to take their life or that they're feeling suicidal. It, we have found that it has been well received, so much so that some of the students who, in fact, had to be hospitalized because they were a danger to themselves or to others, even as the non-uniform officers were escorting them over to the health plan so that they could receive the services they need. They said to us, I'm so thankful that you came not in uniform because I didn't want people to see me leaving with the police. I didn't want to get into a marked police car to go to the hospital to receive the services I need. And so it's been appreciated. Um, the officers appreciate it because then they don't encounter so much resistance. The people who are receiving the services and need the help and have reached out or had a family member reach out to get them the help they need, they appreciate it. And it works towards that goal of community wellness. So that's another thing you can expect from us down the future, in the future when it comes to crisis intervention and, and the type of response you'll get. Okay, thank you. That's really interesting because I know as students we hear those acronyms like thrown around a lot, but I certainly didn't know all of those details, and I'm glad I do now. <laughs> awesome. Happy to educate. Mari, we want to thank you again um, for being a part of this, this podcast, and we, we really do appreciate your questions. Um, Chief Campbell, um, it's it's about noon. Let's let's go grab some lunch. I'll see you in the hallway, and we can we can talk about some of the questions that Mari asked and also talk about how we can share what's on uh, some students' minds with our officers so that uh, they're prepared to respond to them and also they can think critically uh, about what students are thinking. Sounds good, Chief. I'm, I'm good and hungry, and we'll also talk about who we're going to get next on our next podcast because Mari was great. Mari, Mari, Mari rocks. Take care. Have a good one.